Welcome to the Use That Passport podcast. I am your host, Ivana Skoric, and this podcast is your go-to place for travel inspiration. Each week you will find inspiring interviews with travelers all around the world and solo episodes on topics such as solo female travel, digital nomad lifestyle, travel mindset, and much, much more. Whether you travel occasionally, constantly, or you just have a desire to travel in the future, this podcast is for you. Subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss future uploads and let's dive into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Use That Passport podcast. My name is Ivana and today we have a guest on the podcast. This episode is an interview with Maritza Chavez from Travel Notes and Things. Today she's joining us from Chicago and Maritza is a travel manifestation mentor and travel blogger. And today we'll talk about transformative travel and what that even means. Maritza is going to share with us how she uses visualization to manifest travel. She's going to share her favorite ways to meet new people while traveling. And we're also going to be talking about the unfiltered experiences that sometimes can happen while traveling, where she's going to share with us how she got lost in Greece and what that experience has taught her. And also, if you have some fears and limiting beliefs that stop you from traveling, then you're going to love this episode because we're also going to talk about overcoming those fears. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it on Instagram and tag us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Both Maritza's and my Instagram handles are in the show notes, so you can tag us. And now, without further ado, let's dive into the interview. Hi, Maritza. Welcome to the Use That Passport podcast. How are you? Hi, Ivana. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. So, hi, everyone. My name is Maritza, and I create content around uh, how to manifest travel experiences, how to create uh, transformative travel experiences for yourself during traveling and also afterwards, what that looks like. I like to also talk about how to create and kind of live in this state of uh, travel mindset, if you if you will, where it's more of like how we can feel excited, feel like there's a lot of possibility and joy in everything in daily life, kind of like what we feel like when we travel, um, as well as just sharing kind of how-tos and practical tips on how to make traveling easier and fun. That sounds amazing. And I especially love that part where you said um, keeping things exciting even after your trip, you know, when you come back home. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons why I even uh, started my blog in, in general. That was one of the things after I started to travel and I came back home and I realized there has to be more to this. Like it can't just end while, like when I, when I get back home, there has to be more to this. And uh, yeah, that's one of the inspirations why I even started blogging in the first place. Yeah. So uh, what inspired you to choose specifically traveling as a niche travel blogging? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, blogging had always been Well, not always, but for a while, even before I started uh, Travel Notes and Things, which is the name of the blog, it was a seed that was kind of planted in my mind way back when I was a culinary student back in the day. And I it was I wasn't exactly in like the happiest uh, moment of my life. I was very confused. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, one of the things that I really liked about um, culinary school was the parts where we would get to write about 
how different ingredients are used all over the world, how there is different um, eating etiquette, dinner etiquettes. There's different ways in which cultures use ingredients and food. And I just found the whole world like that very fascinating and really was kind of like a way of traveling for me in a time when I couldn't. So I, I love that. And um, a few of my uh, chef instructors at the time would bring up this, this idea of why don't you start a food blog? Like, you seem to enjoy it. And I played with the idea just a little bit, but I had so many limiting beliefs back then that, that I just didn't really even think that far ahead. I think that looking back on it now, travel was definitely the niche for me or is the niche for me because I, I realized that I had to travel and kind of uncover and really tap into why I, I would even start blogging and what about it would actually be uh, good for me and, and what I can actually uh, give to people through through blogging and, and travel. I was completely transformative in my life. And I really wanted to make that accessible to to other people and especially people that look like me, which are Latinos. I, I really don't think there was a lot of representation back then. And I think that was also very big and important um, aspect for me to start blogging yeah. about travel. That's amazing. And I love that how initially it was like supposed to be a food blog and it <laughs> yeah. grew to the travel blogging. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays I feel like I kind of like mix in there a little bit of food. Um, so in a way, I guess it kind of manifested. I just primarily speak more on travel. Yeah. And I love what you said, you know, all the different cultures when it comes to food and learning about the different cultures and all of that is very interesting. Yeah, definitely. You said that uh, on your blog, you also talk about transformative travel. So I'm interested to hear from you. What does that mean? And how can you experience that on your travels? Yeah, so transformative travel will kind of vary from person to person. But I always go back to, it's essentially the the, the learning that we experience when we're traveling, the expansion, the self-development, the really tapping into what is it that feels right for us? What are the feelings that we like to feel every day? What are the things that we like to experience every day? I think that when we grow up in a certain part of the world that we were born in, we are obviously you know, influenced by society, our parents, and everything around us and what everyone else is doing, that we're almost on this automatic kind of zombie mode, <laughs> I, I, I sometimes think of it. And it really isn't until we go outside of our four walls of our country, and we are in a different environment where we get to observe the world in a different way. We are almost kind of forced to look at the world with like a childlike sense of wonder, right? We rely on our senses a lot more on touch, on taste, on smell, sound, you know, what we're looking at. And through those moments, I think that's when we are able to really open up ourselves to these experiences and meeting new people, connecting to the local culture, and those lessons and that kind of inspiration that we get when we're traveling and how we can bring that back home is kind of what transformative travel speaks to, right? Because now we come home and we think, wow, well, I just had this really cool experience, you know, in some part of the world. And I would really like to continue that. So it's really looking at that and, and finding ways unique to you and your experience and kind of what your life is like and how you can kind of see that unfold in your life. So a way that I like to experience it is really simple. I think that one of my favorite things is just to be as present as I can when I'm traveling. And what I really like to do is 
literally just go to a like a little town square, a little plaza of some sort. I just like to sit down and I just like to see what's around me. I like to look at the people. I love people watching. I love to look at how parents interact with their kids. I like to see, you know, what restaurants look like. I like to see, um, I like to go into supermarkets. That's a thing I realize that a lot of people do. And it's not just me, which makes me feel good about this, that I like to go into supermarkets and I just like to see what kind of products they have, what kind of food they have. Um, even just like what the layout, layout of the store is. There's a psychology behind like the way supermarkets are designed and how, you know, there things are um, placed and here in the States and I'm sure all over the world, but it's, it's really interesting to see kind of that, that distinction between both. And so I like to do kind of the, these like little practical things that really just help me kind of start to sink in the fact that I'm in this part of the world. And that's kind of when I kind of open up to any ideas and inspirations and uh, thoughts that I can later on bring back home and kind of see where they can take me. I love that explanation. Thank and you. Uh, when you said also that, that childlike wonder and when we get out our four walls in our hometown, I read this quote that uh, when we are in the new city, we're like kids, you know, we don't know the language, we don't know how to speak, we don't know any rules or anything. So it's like learning all the things all over again. And it's always Exactly. Yeah, right. And it's almost like it varies from place to place, right? Because like, you also have to look at like the norms of a certain country. And so how you kind of maneuvered your way around a certain part of the world may work differently in a different part of the world. So it's always different. And I think that's, that's like the excitement behind looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, definitely. And uh, in the beginning, you mentioned manifestation, manifesting travels. So how do you use manifestation tools to manifest travel opportunities? And what are some of your favorite manifestation tools that you've discovered? Manifestation has been something that I've become aware of in like the last three or so years. And I feel like my approach to it has changed. And I feel that nowadays I view manifestation as the possibility and well, yeah, the possibility that whatever I see in my mind, whatever I visualize in my mind must come to fruition. It's just the way it is at this point. Um, I look a lot into the science of manifestation, quantum physics. I feel like looking into that has allowed me to build this unwavering faith around this fact that I believe that whatever I visualize will materialize. And one of my favorite tools, which I kind of touched on uh, a little bit, was visualization. So visualization, for those of you who may be listening, maybe aren't aware of what that is, it's, it's mainly just if you have a, a vision in your mind that you want, to, you want to experience, say you want to go to Greece, for example, that was one of my manifestations. I wanted to go to Greece. And so what, what I do to kind of paint that image in my head was I would... I, I like to use sensory details. So like if the sun is shining outside, I like to kind of oh, feel the sun on my face. And if the wind is blowing, I like to feel the wind blowing. And in my mind, I feel like all of this is happening while I'm looking at these beautiful white houses with these beautiful blue roofs and the sea and the Greek flag waving in the air and all of these things. So that's how I did it when I was able, and, and through that, I was able to manifest going to Greece. And it really happened in a way that I could have never imagined. So anytime that today, when I'm trying to visualize not only travel, but just like anything really, 
and I just have a little bit of doubt because it's completely natural. Doubt happens all the time. I look back to that experience and I go back into learning the science behind how manifestation works, the quantum physics side of it. And yeah, it's, it's just so empowering. And I encourage people to, to look into that. If you are looking into manifestation and if you're just trying to figure out, but how does it work? Like, how does it actually happen that what you think comes into reality, look into the science of manifestation because it really is such a game changer. Yeah, that's amazing. It's one of my favorite tools as well. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the neuroscience behind it. I'm just reading Joe Dispenza's Break the Habit of Being Yourself. And in that book, he also mentions the neuroscience behind visualization and all of these manifestation tools. So yeah, it's a great book for this topic. Definitely. Yeah. His work is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I also wanted to talk about 2020, which was kind of, let's say, unusual year. And uh, also for people that love traveling like you, how did you deal with lack of travel in 2020? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting looking at, looking back at how the whole year was for me anyways. I'm very split down the middle with, with it because on the personal level, I feel like I was kind of mourning, like a lot of people, you know, I had a lot of plans and I had travel experiences that I, I want, I wanted to experience. I had plans and I knew that, you know, throughout the year, something was going to pop up, you know, going here, going there. And um, it's something I look forward to every year, right? It's like, you never know what's going to happen. And then, um, you know, everything happened and it was really tough at times. And I think that the harder part of it was not just like the day-to-day kind of living the same routine over and over of just staying indoors, but it was more of like, when is this going to end, right? Not knowing when the end of this was going to come and not knowing how long this is going to go for. I think that for me was like the hardest part. However, on the same kind of vein, it, it was a really good year for my blog, interestingly enough, because it was a year that I didn't realize I needed or maybe not the whole year, but it was a time when I realized that I I needed to take this time to gain the clarity, to gain the direction, perhaps even visualize for my blog for once, instead of visualizing travel all the time, but visualizing where I wanted my blog to go and who I wanted to talk to, who I wanted to serve, where I saw it going in the next few months, years even. And, um, yeah, on the blog front, it was a really important moment, I think, that I didn't know I needed. So yeah, it was it was kind of like there was good in the bad. And I saw a little bit of both. Um, I turned to things like meditation, because some days were just not easy, um, as a lot of people can definitely relate. But yeah, it, it was a very interesting year. But I think that regardless, I am thankful for the lessons that I did learn throughout the year and where I am today because of that time, that kind of pause that the whole world took and knowing that I wasn't the only one, that we all went through our own unique experiences um, really helps as well. It's great that you decided to focus on your blog and focus on the lessons and the positive things. And I agree with what you said, you know, the uncertainty, not knowing when this is going to end is, is the worst. For sure. When 
it comes to traveling, for example, on Instagram, we can often find highlight reel, you know, the beautiful restaurants, the beautiful locations and everything. And not a lot of people will talk about the negative things that happen on travels. So on this podcast, I wanted to also include these unfiltered experiences, which are not just positive. So I wanted to ask you if you want to share, have you had some experience that you perceived as a negative initially, but that turned out to be a learning experience and a lesson? Yeah, um, this is such a good question because I agree. I think that on Instagram, we always just see the best of the best and we don't often get to see the ugly side of things and uh, the challenges and, and travel as beautiful, as liberating, as magnificent as it is. It's full of travel of uh, challenges rather. And um, I think for me, one of the experiences that I had when I, um, or a couple of them, was when I first got to Greece, um, I was traveling with someone. Um, I was there for a study abroad program. So I was traveling with someone and we got there and we were just both completely lost, didn't know how to get to our hotel. It was getting dark. Our teacher at the time just kind of gave us a map on paper, not even a map. It wasn't even like a drawing. It was just like bullet points. Take this street, take this bus. It was so vague right and it was very confusing my friend uh, or the the girl I was I was uh traveling to Greece with she was just as confused as I was we both didn't know which direction to take so um that was one of my fears that I had with travel for the longest time was getting lost and not knowing where to go and worst it getting dark and not really not knowing where you were and everything was in you know obviously in greek so i didn't understand the alphabet i couldn't understand the language so uh i remember there's looking back on the experience now there's like this this moment where you realize that you have no one to depend on but yourself at that point so i don't know what happens there but like you kind of tap into that side of yourself and somehow some way things work out i don't know if it was the universe intervening i don't know if it was my mother's prayers intervening if it was just like me digging into something within myself but we were able to make it to at least the neighborhood we got on the bus we were able to like, I've never like dealt with euros before. I was like, what, how much? <laughs> like even that. And we somehow made it to, um, to our neighborhood. We got off at the right stop. We took around three turns, literally around the, the same block. Our hotel was like within the streets, but we took like three, blo- three, three circles. We finally made it. And I have to say that was probably one of the most proudest moments of my life. And I look back at that time, like, I think about that now. And I and I just think, you know, a lot of the times we put so many beliefs and stories around what we can and can't do. And the fear of getting lost when you when you travel, that's, a, I know that's a very common fear for a lot of people. Nowadays, because I had that experience, I actually, in a weird way, enjoy it now. I feel like it adds excitement adrenaline it's it's fun you create memories through it um i don't you know always push it to out to everyone but i think that you know if you get lost it's really not the end of the world you will find your way to wherever it is that you need to go and so that experience really taught me that and it's something that um i i take with me everywhere and 
nowadays, if I get lost or if I don't know where I am, I just think of it, oh, this is just the start of an adventure. This is fun. And it always ends up working out. Yeah, it's a great story because, you know, when you manage to find your way in a country where you don't speak the language, you don't know how to use the currency, you don't know anything and you still find a way, then, you know, whatever happens in your life, you can have that same mindset. Like if I went through that, then there is nothing that I cannot do. You always find a way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you just build upon that. And yeah, it, it's travel is such a confidence booster. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say that it's great for your confidence. <laughs> yeah. I also wanted to ask, what's the biggest lesson that you learned about yourself while traveling? Speaking of the confidence that you build when you're traveling through all of these mishaps that may happen, I think one of the biggest ones for me was realizing that the kind of life that I wanted, which was a life of freedom, of possibility, of excitement, of joy, of just experiencing really this, this sense of aliveness that I feel whenever I travel is attainable, it's possible, and that I am worthy of having that. And for the longest time, you know, again, going back to the limiting beliefs that we grow up with in our part of the world or our environment, um, we seem to think that, you know, you have to struggle in order to get to something or you have to work, you know, so much before you get to something that is half as good as what you want, you know, and I consider myself to have had a very good childhood, but there are still certain limiting beliefs that we, that we grab from different environments or schools or just other adults in our life. And traveling for me has allowed me to not only see that potential reality for myself, but also to feel it. And I've never felt anything like that, any kind of freedom like that before. So as soon as I felt it, when I was walking the streets of Athens, one day I remember, I remember looking up at the, the architecture and the buildings and thinking I could live here if I really wanted to. Like being in Greece was such a dream for a long time and I'm already here. Like I can trace back to like six months ago, I was like visualizing with the sun and the wind, you know, that I was in Greece and now I'm here you know, I can see myself living here. And that is a possibility for me. So I think it was really seeing that, feeling that for myself and giving myself that permission. And I would have to say that's probably one of the biggest lessons I I learned and kind of learned about myself throughout that experience of the first few uh, times traveling. That's so powerful. I love that. And uh, I know that a lot of people, maybe they want to travel, but they have some fears and limiting beliefs. They're not sure if they're ready yet. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to travel, but it's just that desire is so buried beneath all the excuses and fears and limiting beliefs. So what would you tell them? I would have to say that, first of all, fears are there to protect you from something, but you you can overcome them. And, and there are so many ways out there to, to kind of dig into what is it actually that's hiding underneath? Because there's always kind of this vague kind of fear, you know, like, I'm afraid of getting lost. And it's like, okay, are you afraid of getting lost? Or is there like an experience underneath there that you had before? And you getting to that point you can do that through journaling, through writing, to talk, talking to someone even. Um, and once you get, you start to break down kind of those layers of that fear, you, you kind of get to shine a light into it and it doesn't make it as terrifying as it was before. So now you're aware of it. And now that you're aware of it, you're able to 
look at it in a different way. You're able to work through it in different ways. Um, and also I find that educating yourself, you know, marrying together, you know, the, the awareness of this fear, but also with the education, you know, looking for that evidence for people that are already doing the things that you're afraid of, you know, looking at that as evidence that you can also do it and not, and kind of restructuring your story around that. I find that that is, um, that's what helps me whenever I feel any kind of fear come up with travel, which I still feel it from time to time. Um, so yeah, that's been very powerful for me. And I hope that it can be for someone out there listening. Yeah, I love that advice, you know, finding people that have achieved something that you want and seeing that as it's possible for you as well. Exactly. Yeah. We talked a few months ago, and uh, you mentioned some ways to meet new people while traveling, which I loved because I've never thought about some of those before. So uh, would you like to share with our audience, what are your favorite ways to meet new people while traveling? Yeah, um, I, I absolutely love this because that was another fear I used to have, you know, like, how can I go up to people, you know, and, you know, I've always been a very shy person. But again, that's a story I've always had. And it wasn't until I started to travel, that I realized it's not as scary, because travelers are actually like, a group of people that are just so open-minded. They want to talk to you as much as you want to talk to them. And as long as you're nice and they're, they're going to welcome you, you're, they're going to welcome the conversation. And one of the ways that I have always been able to achieve this to some degree has been walking tours. Like walking tours are one of my absolute favorite ways of meeting new people. You get to meet people from all walks of life, from different countries, speaking different languages, they travel in groups, they travel alone. It's just, it's so fun to be with a group of people for a couple of hours. You start out as strangers and then you end up, you know, making plans to like meet up later in the day or, you know, doing a day trip or something the next day. So it's really fun to do that, um, that way with, uh, with walking tours or really any kind of tour. Um, Another one for me would be, I used to do this. I don't do this I, as often, but staying in hostels, there's just such an energy about staying in a hostel. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's just, it, 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 like I said, it's just, there's such an energy there. There's like a certain type of person that goes there that's really just open to talking to you and open to sharing stories and even open to like, you know, even after a conversation, if you two feel like you are having things in common, like planning a trip somewhere and like, you never know what can come of these conversations with, with people that are kind of on the same, uh, kind of wavelength as you. And so staying in hostels, going to like the restaurants under, like, I remember in Athens, the hostel where we would stay at, there was a bar slash restaurant, um, right underneath the, the hostel. So that was always such a fun way of getting to know people. And there's always people coming in and out and it's just really fun. So I would have to say those two are some of my favorites. I agree with what you said in hostels. Everyone wants to start a conversation with everyone. Yeah. And I remember you mentioned walking tours, which is something that I never even thought of. So that's a great advice. They're so much fun. I love them. I'm interested to hear what does a typical day in your life as a travel blogger look like? Yeah. So this changes. Uh, a lot, I feel. If we look at 2020, you know, year of little to absolutely no travel for me anyways. And when I'm out and I'm traveling, um, it's very different. But I guess actually sitting down and working on my blog, I usually start my work around 
somewhere between 11 to 12, which is such a new thing for me. I used to have this, again, story about I have to wake up early and I have to get started on my blog and I have to get started on my work. But I realized, you know, I make up my own rules. I can start whenever I want to. So I usually uh, start working around 11, 12 in the afternoon. I, I do that for a couple of hours and I kind of I used to have a plan of like what I want to work on, what I want to do for that day, but I kind of let things flow. I find that whenever I do that, that's when the ideas come in like abundantly and things that I didn't even think of. And I'm like, oh, that would be a great blog topic. And I keep a little document on the side. I write down all of these ideas and I just get started with writing things, um, thinking of different content to share. I, I have a Facebook group. I have my Instagram. So I have different ways of, in which I can kind of uh, create content for those platforms. Um, but other than that, I really like to kind of visualize throughout the day. So usually in the morning, I realize I just get the whole morning. But the morning, I like to wake up. I like to meditate for a little bit if I have time and also either just write five things I'm grateful for, or I like to write five intentions for the day or for, or five goals or whatever kind of comes to mind in the morning. I just like to put pen to paper and uh, that sets the tone for the day for me. I make my breakfast, I work out, I get ready for the day, and then I start doing my, any kind of work around my blog that I have. And throughout the day, I really just like to take moments where I either set a mood in my environment. I like to organize my space before I get started. I like to open up the windows. I like to burn a candle. I like to put music on. I'm very much someone who takes inspiration from their environment. So I like to kind of set the mood that way. And I like to put on playlists inspired by different parts of the world, wherever I'm feeling like I wish I was, you know, I'll wake up with you know, Brazilian bossa nova, I'll wake up with my Spanish playlist, whatever, whatever I'm feeling that day. And I kind of have that carry on throughout the day. And then and then I do this, especially as I'm making food. So if I'm making lunch, or if I'm making dinner, I like to play on or put on this playlist for whatever country um, I'm feeling into. And then especially if it's if I'm cooking a certain cuisine, I love to put the music inspired by that comes from that same country. So the other day I was making Spanish food and I, um, I put on my playlist from Spain and I was just really feeling into those vibes. And it's one of, I mean, I look back to how I manifested Greece and that's one of the ways that I, I did, right. I, I use my sensory details around me, the weather, the music, the sounds. And so that's something that I try to do every single day with music, with my environment and all of that. That sounds great, you know, setting the mood in your environment and the music and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I also like what you mentioned, that uh, you just let your day flow instead of kind of putting this limits, like you have to do something at a certain hour. And then in a way, it kind of blocks all the ideas that you might have otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, it's really working with what, what feels right for you. For the longest time, I thought, you know, I have to work everything out in the morning and have the afternoon off when really I feel like I have the most inspiration in the afternoon. So that was something I had, I became apparent to me in 2020 and 
I had the time to kind of rework that a little bit. But yeah, it's so important for anyone out there who is working from home or has their own business or anything like that. Um, really look into when you feel inspired and just build your day around that. You know, try not to force things. Yeah, it's so important to find out what works for you instead of, I don't know, listening to advice or listening to what other people are doing. Yeah. Now there are a few fire round questions. The first question is, what's your favorite thing about traveling? Oh, my favorite thing about traveling, you know, other than connecting to the local culture and the people, if I can boil it down to one thing that I absolutely love is like that first morning that you wake up after you had like either a nap or you, you're fully rested, you slept the whole night, you wake up and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I forgot that I'm here. You have that moment of realization and you get so excited. You get up, you get ready for the day and you just go out and you're just feeling so energized, so excited to explore the city, the place that you're in. And it's just, I feel like it's just like one, it's one of the biggest pleasures in life for me anyways. I love that feeling. I don't know if anyone out there can relate to that, but like that first day, that morning that you wake up and you're just like, oh my gosh, I forgot I'm here. And it's just so exciting. It has to be one of my favorite things. And one of the things I look forward to whenever I travel. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. You know, there's this <laughs> excitement that you don't get at home. Right. Uh, the next one is what's your favorite place you travel to and why? My favorite place to travel that I've traveled to you know, I can't really think of one as much as I would want to. I have to say, you know, if anybody has followed me at this point, like they're probably tired of hearing me say these two countries, but Greece and Spain. Greece was a country that I experienced so many firsts. It was, I, I feel like I, I manifested that trip. I've never manifested a trip as big as that. Um, I, it was the first time I was in Europe without my family, without really knowing anyone. It was just so many firsts on first experiences on that trip that I will never forget. And then Spain was the country where I was able to live in for almost a year. And more than just connecting to the culture, I had the time and the luxury of the time to really connect to the people there. I stayed with the host family. I got to really connect with them and bond with them for a year. I was able to connect and bond also with my coworkers at school. I, I taught English in Spain. Um, so I had coworkers and I had students. And so whenever I think back to Spain, I think of the people first. And it's just such a unique experience for me whenever I think back to countries uh, that I've been to. Spain is is definitely more about the people and about the culture there for me. And uh, the next one is, if you want a free trip to somewhere, all expenses covered, where would you go? Oh, man, you know, I think right now it would be Japan. Japan. Oh, Japan, I have such, yeah, I have such an interest for Japan or, or even uh, South Korea. I have such a curiosity for that side of the world for those two countries specifically um yeah i would absolutely love that that's all of these uh, fire round questions so where can our listeners find you online yeah so if you want to know more about kind of the the content that i talk about uh the blog is 
the place to go for that, travelnotesandthings.com. Um, I post every week a new blog post and um, yeah, it's really where everything is. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at travelnotesandthings. I like to pop on there just more of myself. I talk about travel, but I also kind of talk about day-to-day things, blogging things. Um, so yeah, I, I'm also on there. Um, if anyone here is on Clubhouse as well, I make it a point to be on there at least once per day um, or months, once every day. And um, yeah, I you'll find me there popping into rooms and listening to people, sharing my opinion and those are some of the places. Amazing. I will leave uh, all those links in the show notes below so that our listeners can connect with you. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Ivana. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. You just finished listening to an episode of the Use That Password podcast. If you liked today's episode, I would appreciate it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends so that more people can get inspired to take the leap and start living a life they're excited about. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so that you don't miss future uploads. And remember, if you want to travel, go and use that passport.